Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Paul Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio, a packed episode for you. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL insider. He's also the former GM of the New York Jets, former executive vice president of the Miami Dolphins. He's going to join us on Sports Business Radio this week. We're going to discuss a variety of NFL topics, including the recent sale of the Denver Broncos, the Deshaun Watson signing in Cleveland, and how that contract may alter the quarterback market, what might Watson's likely upcoming suspension by the NFL look like, and how would that affect the Browns, and which NFL team may surprise us like the Cincinnati Bengals did last year when they advanced to the Super Bowl. Tannenbaum will also discuss his entrepreneurial ventures, including his website, The 33rd Team, which is a football think tank consisting of former NFL head coaches, GMs, and graduate students creating in-depth analysis on college and pro football, and his e-learning company on this topic, which is a partnership with Cleveland Browns executive Paul D. Podesta. That's all coming up on this episode of Sports Business Radio. I'm joined by Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Doing good. And uh, Mike is just uh, a, a wealth of knowledge. I mean, the guy has so much stuff going on and such a resume. It's fun to talk to him and just, you know, hear his stories of the NFL and what he thinks is going to happen in the future. And like you said, with the Broncos and all that. So always fun to have an executive and a, a top brain on the show. Yeah, just unique insight from someone who sat in the big seat for an NFL team and dealt with ownership and made trades and, you know, had to make decisions about free agency. So uh, he is definitely insightful and I'm looking forward to this conversation today. All right, let's get to some sports business headlines of the week. As we mentioned, Deshaun Watson, that suspension is likely to be handed down any time now. The NFL has recommended an indefinite suspension of at least one year. Now remember, the NFL Players Association can, you know, protest that and they can say, no, we don't think that's fair. Um, there's likely a number of things to come up at Watson's meeting with his lawyer and the NFL, including, hey, what about the behavior of some of these NFL owners out there like Daniel Snyder? They're not getting suspended. We're not seeing any action taken against them. Why is this action being taken against Deshaun Watson? I mean, look, 
Here's the deal. Deshaun Watson has been the subject of 24 civil suits that accused him of coercive and lewd sexual behavior. He settled 20 of the 24 suits, but that doesn't really mean anything. And then this week, the Houston Texans were also sued, alleging they were complicit in Watson's actions. So this is a mess, Griggs, for Watson, for the NFL, for the Houston Texans, for the Cleveland Browns. And it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL handles this if they go light on Watson, I think you're going to see a lot of people get upset. You look at that Trevor Bauer suspension of basically two seasons by Major League Baseball. I think that's what people are looking at here with Deshaun Watson. So an indefinite suspension of at least one year, that seems to make sense here. Yeah, I think uh, this is a big one for the NFL not to mess up. I think, yeah, you've got to have at least a season, uh, if not more. And uh, I think it needs to come down sooner than later. The story seems like it's been going on for years and years and years. And obviously, as these guys meet, maybe even more stories will come out, like you said, with Houston kind of knowing about what was going on. It's not a good look for them or, or the NFL. So I think they've got to come down hard. They've got to make the decision soon and get this rocking. Well, and you just wonder again, what kind of due diligence did the Browns do here? You're giving Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed by far the largest contract ever given to an NFL player. And you had to overpay to get him. But geez, I mean, you look at all that's happened since he went to the Browns. And, you know, as we'll discuss coming up here with Mike Tannenbaum, I hope the Browns have some language in there that protects them if they need to void that contract, because, you know, most contracts now for players, whether it's with the team or endorsement deals, there's morality clauses. And I would say that this definitely crosses the line on the morality clause. So uh, lots coming up here with Deshaun Watson. All right. Our next headline, my adopted NHL team, because of my friend Declan Bolger, the chief marketing officer for Cronky Sports, the Colorado Avalanche. They win the Stanley Cup. They dethroned the back-to-back champions, Tampa Bay. It was a great series. Uh, And, hey, look, Griggs, Avalanche owner Stan Kroenke has now won the Super Bowl with the Rams and the NHL Stanley Cup with the Avalanche in 2022. Not bad. I think he's going to get the uh, easy in for executive of the the year because that is quite a resume for one year. But uh, yeah, I watched the Stanley. I always love it. Hockey's one of my sports. And uh, Tampa Bay, obviously a wonderful team. But man, Colorado is just the better team. They're so fast. They're so young. I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in it next year. They're just fun to watch. And uh, it was a fun series. The series averaged a bit over 4.6 million viewers per game on ABC, which was up 83% from NBC's coverage of the Stanley Cup in 2021. So Good TV audience for this on ABC. All right, speaking of TV, F1 has agreed to renew its U.S. media rights deal with ESPN through 2025. ESPN reportedly has agreed to pay around $75 to $90 million per year for the rights. Greg, that's up from $5 million annually now. So it shows how much F1 has grown in the U.S. when you're going from $5 million a year for the rights to $75 to $90 million per year. Yeah, I think uh, NASCAR is kind of the king on the track, but Indy is definitely growing, and F1 is uh, it's more prevalent now. You're seeing it more with the ESPN uh, coverage. So, yeah, I mean, that's a big jump, and uh, it's fun to watch. It's, it's getting more addicting. I think it's grabbing more fans, and obviously the more they can put it on ESPN and the TV audience, it's going to just get bigger. All right, our last headline of the week. NBA free agency starts Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We've already seen some movement. 
Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving has opted into his $36 million contract for next season, which is the final year of his four-year deal with the Nets. Doesn't mean he can't be traded still. There's also talk that Kevin Durant could be traded if they decide to break up that team. Uh, Russell Westbrook just opted into his $47 million contract with the Lakers for next season. And John Wall took a buyout with the Houston Rockets on his $47 million contract for this year. He's expected to sign at a reduced rate with the L.A. Clippers. So, uh, Griggs, it's always fun to watch the NBA free agency frenzy. We don't have, like, a huge free agent on the market this year, you know, like in the past with a LeBron or a Kevin Durant. Um, But it'll be interesting to watch. And, you know, you always see those teams that overpay for what I would say B to C list players, nothing against someone like Jalen Brunson, who was fantastic for the Dallas Mavericks this last year. But, you know, when you see the Knicks willing to pay him a ton of money, like he's an A-list player, you start to go, wow, okay, these teams have money to spend. They need to spend it on someone, or can they just be patient and sit tight? But uh, it's going to be interesting to watch NBA free agency. It was interesting to watch the draft. There was a lot of intrigue about the first couple players. And uh, Paolo Bancaro went number one to Orlando. That was kind of unexpected. Um, But I'll tell you what, the Detroit Pistons had a great night at the draft. I mean, they basically have a starting five now that they could have for the next, uh, you know, five to 10 years. Troy Weaver, the GM there, did a great job. I, I loved what they did with their draft and, Um, It's going to be interesting to watch, you know, here in Portland, the Blazers have, uh, you know, given themselves a chance in free agency to go out and surround Damian Lillard with some players and they have some money to spend for the first time. So a team like that goes, hey, look, we haven't been able to go shopping for a long time. Let's see if we can get some people to come here. Yeah, I think what I love the most about NBA, NFL and these big majors is the season basically is 365. I love how it's just, there's always something to watch and tune into and be interested in. And free agency in the NBA is so fun because you got big names on the table. And like you said, no no real big free agency this year, but you still got the Kyrie news and you got Durant wondering if he's going to go somewhere else. So it's it's just fun to watch. It keeps you tuned in all season. And uh, I also love watching the draft because it has become a fashion show. I mean, the clothes these guys are rocking is pretty amazing. Yeah, there were some interesting suits, including Bancaro's. He looked like... Uh, Prince when he was uh, drafted. So yeah, lots of lots of fashions there. Uh, Griggs, I am headed to D.C. and I'm likely going to go take in my first Washington Nationals baseball game when I'm out there. So uh, excited to go to D.C. And, you know, I would say if there's any uh, listeners out in the D.C. area and you want to grab a cup of coffee or, or say hello, uh, DM me at SB Radio on Twitter and uh, maybe we'll connect while I'm out there, what do you have planned for the 4th? We Well, my mom's birthday is actually July 4th, so it's always kind of a big uh, Americana with my mom. She's all about flags and wears them all the time. So it's a big day for her. So we'll <laughs> probably get together with her and hang out and do the normal, you know, barbecue, light off a few sparklers and just uh, enjoy the day. Yeah, I'm debating on do I go to the National Mall on the 4th of July and take in the enormous fireworks show. It looks like a spectacle, but it also looks like a zoo. So I'm not sure if I want to battle all the people, but um, you know, it's something I've always wanted to see because I've never been in DC for the 4th of July. So that might be interesting to take in. 
Yeah, I think if you're in D.C., you got to at least get somewhere where you can see that because that's just iconic. That is the show for fireworks for the 4th of July. So I agree the crowds might be kind of like, you know, Times Square on New Year's Eve, but uh, get somewhere close enough to see it, I think. Yeah, if it's anything like Times Square on New Year's Eve, I'm I'm going nowhere near it. But <laughs> I definitely plan on taking in a, a Washington Nationals game. Uh, next week, we're going to do a SBR Vault edition of Sports Business Radio. We're going to look back at past interviews with soccer legend Tim Howard, auto racing star and entrepreneur Danica Patrick, and rock climbing savant Alex Honnold. Those are three great interviews and I think you'll enjoy those. Griggs has put together a great edition of the SBR Vault. And uh, those will be good, Griggs, for people to uh, listen to while I'm in D.C. and while you're celebrating your mom's birthday. Exactly. It's a fun show to put together. And those uh, Vault shows are always so cool because you look back at some of the great stuff we've had on. I, that Alex Honnold interview is just, I just love every minute of that. So listen to that one. Danica's great. Tim's awesome. It's a fun show to check out over the holiday for sure. Yeah, and you'll learn that all three of them, there's so much more than just elite special athletes. Like they have so many things going on uh, outside of their sport and they're all super fascinating people. So I think people will uh, enjoy those conversations. All right, have a safe 4th of July holiday from all of us here at Sports Business Radio. And coming up next, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL insider, former GM of the New York Jets, former Miami Dolphins executive vice president. We're going to dig into the business of the NFL and some of the big storylines that are taking place in the league right now. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Brian Berger here. Roan is the new official menswear partner of Sports Business Radio. I love their product. I've been a fan for a long time. Did you know David Stern was one of their first investors? Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best-fitting, and most comfortable performance-driven clothing for men. Their entire line places emphasis on an active, balanced, and purpose-driven lifestyle. I'm wearing my spar joggers. I've got them in uh, heather gray. I've got them in navy. I've got my moleskin commuter slim pant. I've got my regular black commuter pant. I've got my dress shirts. So when I'm out in in in-person meetings, I have the nicer Roan product to wear. But most of the time, I'm working from home. And I've got my rain long sleeve gray heather camo. I've got my rain long sleeve hoodies. I am wearing the shorts for workouts, the seven inch Mako shorts. So I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, whether it's casual or business wear, Roan has me covered. I know they're going to have you covered too. And Roan is offering Sports Business Radio podcast listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E.com and enter code SBR15 at checkout, like Sports Business Radio 15, SBR15 at checkout. Receive 15% off your purchase. That's Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E.com and enter promo code SBR15 at checkout. My guest is Mike Tannenbaum. He is an NFL insider for ESPN, former New York Jets GM, former Miami Dolphins executive vice president. He's the co-founder of the e-learning company on this topic with Paul D. Podesta of the Cleveland Browns. You can follow him on Twitter at Real Tannenbaum. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. Great to be with you. How's everything? 
Great. Yeah, a variety of NFL topics to cover with you. And then I want to get into some of the things you're doing outside of ESPN because you've got a lot of things going on that people may not know about. But let's start with some NFL topics. So the Denver Broncos just sold for $4.65 billion. That's more than double what the Panthers sold for in 2018. Were you surprised the sales price was this high? Not really. You know, I think when you look at the NFL right now, like despite the recent economic downturn, like it was almost like an ideal situation where, you know, gambling revenues are coming online. You know, there's labor peace for the foreseeable future. Uh, Denver's an incredible market. Um, lots of different ways to sort of like look at additional, you know, be it a new stadium, other new, other revenue generating opportunities. So to me, it was like a perfect storm and, these things don't trade very often. So when they do, there's going to be a lot of interest, which there was. And uh, often when there's, you know, a lot of demand and limited supply, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Rob Walton, the heir to Walmart is the winner of the auction. Again, $4.65 billion. Mike, when a team gets taken over like this, do you expect to see lots of turnover in the front office? Is the owner bringing in his or her own people? You know, it's not always a one-size-fits-all approach. So typically there's going to be some changes. You know, the Bowen family and Joe Ellis ran it for a long time. So, you know, there's going to be some changes. You know, people aren't going to spend $4.6 billion and not do anything. But, you know, not sure if they're going to live in the market, have other people there. Um, sometimes there's another relative involved. So every situation can be different. But I'd be hard-pressed to think that there won't be some meaningful changes. Russell Wilson was acquired by the Broncos, and that was done before the Broncos were sold. They kind of lacked a face of the franchise before that. Do you think having Russell Wilson kind of up the ante a little bit for the bidders? Uh, I certainly can't hurt to have a great quarterback who's a great person like Russell Wilson. So that certainly, in my opinion, helped the sales price, more than which that I'm sure Russell Wilson will benefit from on his next extension. All right, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. $230 million guaranteed this offseason. Again, you're a former GM, a former executive vice president. When you saw the amount of guaranteed money, a record for a player ever, did it surprise you that, especially with someone who has as much going on off the field as Watson, that the Browns gave him $230 million guaranteed? Yes, and again, uh, for different reasons, there's some similarities to the, you know, what's going on with the Bronco sale, which is, you know, franchise quarterbacks are hard to come by. And because of that, um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, they had a lot of leverage and, you know, Deshaun Watson used it for his own best interest. And we also saw Houston get, you know, multiple first round picks, you know, despite, you know, a lot of uncertainty going on around Deshaun Watson right now. If you were running the Browns, how would you be preparing for the potential suspension of Deshaun Watson? I know, you know, they've got some good backup quarterbacks on their team, but how do you prepare for the unknown? I think that's exactly what you have to do is you, you have to assume that he won't be available and you have to prepare accordingly. And then when he is available, you just got to consider that to be a big bonus. How does the NFL go about deciding what that suspension should look like? You look at someone like Calvin Ridley, and he was suspended for a season for uh, wagering on a few uh, games. And you look at what Deshaun Watson has 
allegedly done and you go, wow, if that's what Ridley got, what's Watson going to get? It's a totally fair question. And, you know, there's a, a, a number of alleged victims now. You know, context here is important, which is, you know, these are just allegations. Uh, there were no criminal charges. Um, you know, the civil suits are still pending, but it's an incredible amount of women. And it's, you know, a very sad and potentially, you know, if these allegations are true, it's very tragic. And, um, you know, Deshaun Watson should pay a very significant penalty if those allegations are true. Um, bringing up Ridley is an interesting comparison because obviously, you know, the league in that situation is certainly trying to protect, you know, the integrity of the game. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, both back with their teams. Brady retires, then he unretires. Aaron Rodgers had talked about retiring potentially or maybe even signing with a different team. How did their, uh, you know, new contracts kind of set the market for Watson and maybe for someone who's upcoming like Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I think Watson really is the big game changer because of that fully guaranteed aspect of it. You know, I think Rodgers and Brady's kind of are what they are, which is, they're all-time greats, and they're going to get paid, and no one's going to blink an eye. But you know, Watson's been a let's face it, a really good player. I know he's been a great elite player. Um, and again, to get that fully guaranteed, you're up over two hundred million dollars. You know, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm hard pressed to take five cents less. When you think about, you know, he's been a league MVP. He's had no issues off the field. He's the face of the franchise. So um, I, I'm sure that the Lamar Jackson camp took very close notice of. Uh, you know, what Deshaun designed for. When you're looking at the Deshaun Watson contract, you know, I used to do a lot of work with Nike and I know a lot of owners and people who have done contracts. Don't you have to put some sort of a clause in there that if he's convicted or, you know, if something happens, this contract can be voided or in order to get him, did they have to pay him the $230 million and not include a clause like that, that protects them if he is in fact uh, convicted? Yeah, you certainly want to be able to avoid the guarantees at a minimum, um, which will give him the latitude is, uh, you know, um, if he is convicted or, you know, depending on what happens in the civil case where he won't be convicted of criminal liability, but he can be certainly found more probable or not to can, you know, committed those acts, which would lead to, you know, damages. Again, in the civil case, there is no punishment from a criminal standpoint, but there could be literally tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, um, you know, in damages. So if I was the team, you certainly want to protect yourself in terms of being able to avoid the guarantees. When you avoid the guarantees, that gives you the flexibility to potentially, you know, move on from the player. So I don't know, you know, that's in an ideal world because of the leverage that Watson had. I'm not so sure that the Browns were able to get all the protection that they ordinarily would want to have. I mean, isn't that amazing? You know, you talk about Deshaun Watson's leverage and there were multiple teams after him, but even with all that's going on off the field, he still had that leverage in order to get that contract. Doesn't that show you like, wow, finding elite quarterbacks in the NFL is really, really difficult. Yeah. And it's supply and demand. It's, it's, it's right. Like they're different, obviously silos, but franchises becoming available and franchise quarterbacks, you know, they're both rare. And that's why, you know, the prices are what you know, we've seen them to be. Would you see any scenario where the Ravens wouldn't pony up the money to keep Lamar Jackson? Well, here's the analysis. I mean, the short answer is no. And the reason why is what's your alternative? You have a guy you've won games with a lot of games. He's taking you to the playoffs. He's won a league MVP. He's young. He's a great person. So 
you say to yourself, well, even if this is going to be really expensive, you know, $45 million and up, you know, what are our alternatives? So that's sort of like the analysis that you go through. Speaking of alternatives, you look at the Rams. They're running it back. They've re-signed Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. Uh, were you surprised that they're running it back after, you know, really going for it last year with Jalen Ramsey and the players I just mentioned? Yeah, like they're all in, and uh, you can understand why. Um, so they're um, – look, the defending champs, your windows now, Stafford, Cup. Donald, you know, the one question left to me is, like, what's going to happen with OBJ? What do you think happens with him? Um, I think they wind up signing him at some point. Although I'll tell you what, if I was Green Bay, I would have signed him by now. I don't know why Green Bay, after they lost to Bonte Adams, would have uh, not signed OBJ. Because I think short-term, he helps them more than, than anybody else. Yeah, I mean, what's going on there in Green Bay with, you know, obviously they lose Devontae Adams. You've got some average receivers there. Don't they need a, a number one like a healthy OBJ if he can return healthy? I agree with you 100%. And uh, I'd be hard-pressed to understand, like, why they wouldn't sign him. So, you know, between the Rams and the Packers, I would expect that, I, I, candidly, I'm surprised that he hasn't been signed yet. Hmm. What about Debo Samuel in San Francisco? What's the latest there? Obviously, he's been unhappy. Is he a player that could wind up going to a team like Green Bay? I don't think so. I mean, they've come out and said that they're not going to trade him, which to me makes a ton of sense. Uh, he's too good of a player. He's too integral part of their offense that I, I would be surprised if he was traded, uh, just given his value and, again, his age. You mentioned, uh, you know, Debo Samuel. So Tyreek Hill goes from Kansas City to the Miami Dolphins. Devontae Adams goes from uh, Green Bay to the Las Vegas Raiders. Were you surprised to see? I mean, I can't remember an offseason where I've seen such high-profile wide receivers change teams in the same offseason. Yeah, me neither. And uh, it's a position that's hard to keep them all happy, and you can't pay them all, but, you know, the Dolphins and – the Raiders took advantage and, and they got some really, really good players in Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. Looking towards next season, Mike, is there a team, you know, Cincinnati surprised all of us by getting to the Super Bowl. No one really pegged that. Is there a team that's out there that's kind of under the radar that could be the Cincinnati of this upcoming season and, and you know, make a deep run? Yeah, that's easy for me. I think it's the Chargers. Hmm. I think they have one of the two or three best quarterbacks on the planet. And, um, I, I like them a lot. I think they're going to be really hard, hard, hard to beat this year. Wow, that's an interesting pick. I actually like that. Um, gosh, wouldn't it be interesting to see a Chargers Rams Super Bowl? That that would be, uh, you know, the Rams look as good as anyone, and and you like the Chargers, so that would be an interesting to see a, a Los Angeles Super Bowl. Great, crazier things have happened. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to talk about some of the things that you're doing off the field of play, you know, obviously you're an insider for ESPN. Let's start there. So, you know, you make the transition from being in the front office to being on air. That's not an easy transition for a lot of people. You're in front of the camera. You've got to have chemistry with the other people you're on set with. How have you made that transition? Um, you know, I feel like I still work on it every day. You know, I'm, I'm on with like truly like the best in class. And, you know, when you're on with Mike Greenberg and, all the people they have as guests on those shows, like they're, they're great. So I spent a lot of time on my process. I take a lot of feedback and input so I could be the best version that I can, because I feel like, 
you know, when I look to my left and my right on those shows, there's a lot of smart and talented people. What is your process? Walk us through that. Well, I actually have a uh, broadcast coach. So he, he watches film. He'll, he'll give me feedback. And, uh, you know, when I do something like, you know, my personality for better or for worse is uh, I want to be great at it. So, um, you know, I spent a lot of time working on it. And, uh, you know, if my name's attached to something, I want it to be great. I want to be successful. And, you know, in that field, I just knew that I still feel like I got a long way to go. And uh, I want to put resources behind it to give myself the best chance to be successful. What are a few of the things that you learned from the beginning until now that you're like, okay, I think I've improved there the most? You know, leading with your best stuff. You know, I, I think I had a, a tendency to start with an um or an and. And, you know, every second, especially like when you're on like like these morning TV shows, like every second matters, you know, just from the pace of the show or anything else they have going on. So you want to get to your best stuff as quickly as possible. What about I imagine you have someone in your ear and they're they're talking to you. And does that ever distract you? It used to. And <laughs> maybe you don't totally get used to it, um, but you, you, you learn how to like absorb it into your routine. Yeah. All right. So let's move beyond your TV work. You founded uh, a website called The 33rd Team. It's a football think tank consisting of former NFL head coaches and GMs. How did you come up with this? So when I was transitioning from the Dolphins to ESPN, I knew I needed help because uh, I was responsible for the draft. They did the broadcast for ESPN radio. So I had hired some students from UMass where I went to undergrad and it went so well. There were some other coaches between opportunities that wanted some support. So um, that's how we started. And it's just taken off. And I love helping others get to where they want to go. And I, I'm proud to say that we've placed 14 men and women in the NFL. And there's been so many great coaches from Dirk Cutter to Doug Peterson, Dan Quinn, amongst many others that just have been so wonderful to these students and the coaches get support and the students get experience. And we've put 14 men and women in the NFL because guys like Joe Banner and Bill Polian and Wade Phillips and Marty Morningwig are so gracious with their time. Yeah, I love it. It's the 33rdteam.com. It's it's unique insight, unlike you're going to find anywhere else. So I really love what you guys are doing there. Um, you're also a professor at Columbia University. How do you find time for that? Yeah, I have a really good TA. She does a great job. <laughs> and uh, that's been a great experience as well. I've learned a ton. And the students at Columbia are really smart. And they really keep me on my paces. And then there's people like Jeff Pash and Howard Katz and Jeff Miller from the legal office that have been Mike North, uh, just so gracious with their time talking to the students. And uh, we do the business of the NFL and the legal office is right down the street from Columbia. So I do a little lap on Tuesdays between ESPN and Columbia. I mean, that's got to be one of the most popular classes at Columbia where you can learn from someone like you and the guest speakers that you bring in. It's not just you know, some professor who's never worked in the industry before, like you're bringing that real life experience to the classroom. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there's uh, we, we're getting a lot of people interested in it, which is great. And uh, I've had a lot of help. We had a syllabus writer and um, it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, I like to do things where I'm learning and I'm getting better. And despite being the teacher, you know, there's a lot of things that I, I take away from each class. 
We're seeing more women hired by NFL teams in football operations and in front office positions. Are we trending in the right direction there? Yeah, a long way to go, but definitely. Um, there's a lot of women that are getting uh, deserved positions that it's probably been a long time coming. What are you seeing from like the students in the classroom? Are they you know, able to relate to, you know, the, I'm not going to say old school people like you, but the people who have been in the industry for a long time, do they understand, you know, how it all works? Yeah. I think what we're seeing is um, an enlightenment and a passion that so many students are coming with. Like the sport of football has just never been more popular. And uh, you could just tell by the students and, you know, candidly, like their questions are so good. Um, they're so into it. Um, they've really made the class so like really enjoyable for me. Yeah. I mean, you've worked on the agent side too. You worked at priority sports for a while. So, I mean, you really do have like the 360 degree view of this business. I had a great night last night. My former client and friend, Steve Kerr won his fourth championship in eight years and really proud to have been able to sit next to him and work with him when we did the Warriors contract and, you know, it's worked out better than I think either one of us could ever have dreamed of. Yeah, I mean, what a run. I saw a stat where he's won, you know, nine NBA titles now, five as a player and four as a coach. I mean, that's as storied as it gets in this industry. Yeah, and he's a better person. And uh, everything he's got, he, you know, richly, richly deserves. So what is it about him? I mean, we'll we'll switch topics just real quickly since you brought his name up. What is it about him as a coach that makes him so effective? Uh, I think it's, he would have been successful, you know, selling life insurance. He, he is innately curious and driven. What's really funny about like Steve is like, he comes across as this like really affable guy, which he is. He's a really, really good person, but make no mistake about it. He wants to rip your heart out. Like he's a world-class competitor. And that's really one of the things I find like so cool about him is like, he is not, you know, there's some people, what you see is what you get. That is not Steve. Like Steve's a gentleman. He's a good person. But at his core, if, if he's playing chess, he's going to want to beat in chess. Yeah. And it's interesting to me. I mean, obviously, he has Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson. But I look at his relationship with Draymond Green, who, let's face it, not a lot of coaches could handle Draymond the way that Steve Kerr has and motivate Draymond the way that Steve Kerr has. And I mean, Draymond is is a Hall of Famer in my book for what he's done. And I just look at how Steve Kerr maximizes the talent and gets everything out of his players. Yeah. He, um, and I think that's what great coaching is. I think that's really the job description is coaching is not a one size fits all approach. And he does an amazing job of reaching, you know, disparate people, uh, backgrounds. Um, you know, some are more sensitive than others. And I think that's one of like Steve's superpowers is that he can relate to Draymond green, which isn't easy. Like Draymond's a great competitor, but, Make no mistake about it. I don't think he would be an easy guy for anybody to coach. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about another one of your companies uh, on this topic. And you and I have talked about this before. You're partnered with Paul DePodesta of the Cleveland Browns on this. Why did you guys start on this topic? It's an e-learning company. Because uh, and our wives really deserve a lot of credit. Uh, that's Karen and, and Michelle. You know, um, there's a lot of wisdom that we could all learn in, from the world of sports. There's a lot of intrigue. You know, we've already talked about that. And we're just trying to use storytelling to bring people, you know, the many lessons from the world of sports. Yeah, I think you, I've seen some of your courses and they're fantastic. And you can go to opensesame.com 
to find more information about on this topic's courses. All right, X2 Performance. Tell us about that. And do I see here in my notes that you were playing an integral role in recruiting NBA superstar Kawhi Leonard as an ambassador? Is that right? Well, I, I helped out and uh, there's great people. You know, Mark French is the CEO and he runs point on that and does a really, really good job. And um, it's a great product. Um, it's all natural, clean energy. Um, and it's uh, I use the product every day and I think there's 30 to 40 uh, pro teams that use it as well. And it's uh, it's really it's a it's a wonderful product. Yeah, I mean, it looks really good. And I mean, have you met Kawhi? Do you have any kind of relationship with him? I have. And he's a, a special guy, very you know, self-made, driven, quiet, humble, really special man. And, uh, you know, proud to have that association with him as well. Yeah, I think everyone in the NBA hopes that he comes back from his injury and, uh, you know, is able to play healthy next year because he's been a superstar in his own right. Yes, he is. And he's, again, like self-made, wasn't a lottery pick wasn't highly recruited. And, you know, I naturally gravitate to people like that because he's so driven, so smart, so disciplined, and he's really uh, created, you know, a wonderful career for himself. All right. Before I let you go, is there a storyline that we haven't discussed in this conversation that we should be paying attention to for the rest of the NFL offseason and going into the NFL season this upcoming season? Yeah, I, I think the, uh, Big ones are, you know, we you, you touched on like Lamar Jackson, his contract, um, and I think what happens maybe with OBJ. Um, I think those are kind of like the bigger ones that are left that are, you know, still I would say TBD. Um, and then away we go. We'll be in training camp before we know it. What about Baker Mayfield? What's going to happen with him? Everyone seems to think he's going to Carolina. He's in limbo with the Browns. Don't you think he he's not on that roster at the start of the season? Is he? I'd be really surprised if he was. I think, you know, that ship has sailed and, you know, we'll see how that, you know, plays out in the coming weeks. But I would be surprised if he was a Cleveland Brown much longer. Mike Tannenbaum, watch him on ESPN. Follow him on the 33rdteam.com. Follow him on Twitter at Real Tannenbaum. Mike, it's been a pleasure. Continued success to you. And thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it and uh, have a great day. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. I am on my Underdog Fantasy app every night. Underdog Fantasy is the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. It's the fastest growing fantasy app ever released with investors that include Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, Jared Goff, and many more. The Underdog Fantasy app is available at underdogfantasy.com on iOS or on Android. I love it. I play a lot of Pick'em. I do Rivals. There's best ball. It makes watching the games a lot more fun. So we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. New users can get up to $100 matched on their first deposit when they use the code SBR. So download the app at underdogfantasy.com and then enter the promo code SBR to get up to $100 to play with. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. 
This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.